Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back at long last to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast. My name's Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, it has been entirely too long. Uh, there have been a couple of occasions that we have planned on recording, and then life events uh, have happened, planned and unplanned. Um, all, all I know, though, is that we are about 20 seconds into this, and I realize that I've already forgot to add in all you cool cats and kittens into our intro. It's been that long. It's now been added. Now, granted, Tiger King came out something like three to four years or decades ago at this point. I don't remember, but it's, you know, it's been a time. God. So, yeah, we were trying to record last week and then maybe the week before, um, which would have been like two weeks after last time we recorded. Mm -hmm. So, and and before you know it, we're at our once a month quota here for the off season. Um, So, here we are. As fate would Uh, have it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, back and better than ever here in mid-July. And Joey and I were looking down. We were talking about, oh, man, we got to, like, try to think about doing our season previews like we always do. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually we have already, around this time of year, we have already started. Um, but given, at, least, yeah. at least recording them, if not posting them. Exactly, yeah. I mean, we've at least contacted people <laughs> by this time, usually. <laughs> Scheduled guests, um, yeah, any of yes, them. Yeah, and none of that has happened yet for very obvious reasons several of which we'll talk about on the show yep yeah we um we find ourselves here in late july as we record on the evening of monday july the 20th and as we were discussing before we came on the air mike it's you know it it, i look at the calendar and i realize that we haven't started our previews and i feel like you know we were probably way behind and then i also consider you know what is the likelihood that everything all gets started as planned on time and it seems like that that chance is kind of diminishing a bit every day. And w- w- let's, let's start here, Mike. And obviously it's, it's good to give this kind of uh, COVID update really is like, we had an episode back in, I think March. Um, I think it was after, you know, we started labeling this whole thing, a pandemic and our first episode, one of the first things we talked about was what do we think is going to happen with this fall's college football season? And I remember, you know, my thought at the time was, even if it's with no fans, I think they're going to play this season, this fall. It's too important to college athletics, all that. Your thought was you think that they play the season as planned, but probably in the spring instead of in the fall. And really what I wanted to do here to start out, Mike, is where do you stand on that? Do you stand by that same you know, thought, or have you kind of updated your opinion at this point? I've updated my opinion, and really it's because I want college football to happen in a month <laughs> so badly. I mean, I just lied to you. Will it into existence. Yeah, will it into, yeah. I sent out a tweet from our uh, show account saying, we're going to have one last podcast before we do our season previews. We are willing college football into existence. Absolutely. So I'm going to continue from that tweet from our show account right here on the show. And I am willing college football into existence. It has to happen this fall. Now, there are some things that I... There's some information that wasn't present to us back in the spring when we made our respective statements. Number one, I didn't think we'd still be kind of in the middle of all this in late July. Agreed. Um, I, I'm pretty surprised that we're stuck in this mess. Shout out, government. Woohoo. Uh, woohoo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> God. Anyway, um, 
so we're in this pandemic still in late July. Uh, I was hoping that with the warm weather that this would kind of get a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And since everything has opened back up, we did a phased opening. Some states followed the phases with the government guidelines. Some didn't. I don't really know what matters and what doesn't at this point. Bottom line is cases are spiking almost everywhere because people are going back outside and hanging out because it's the middle of the summer. And if you didn't think that that was going to happen, you know, back in March when the country shut down and we were going to open things back up, you were sorely mistaken. Now, with that being said, I didn't think we'd be back to this situation where, you know, hospitalizations are rising. People are worried about the death count rising, death rate rising. Um, but the death rate ri hasn't really risen a whole lot nationwide. Um, there are certain pockets that are obviously pretty bad. I mean, Joey, I know Texas is from a hospitalization standpoint, hasn't been great lately. I know California and Florida have been real bad. Arizona is another state, but really like the deaths haven't risen to a rate at which a lot of people have expected them to yet. Mm -hmm. um, acknowledging that that is a lagging number and I'm no coronavirus expert, but I've just read enough crap at this point to realize kind of what's important and what's not. But needless to say, uh, going back to the college football question, the, the fact that, football being played in the spring was on the table like if i was going to say okay we can pack the stadium with fans in the spring let's move it to the spring but now i'm sitting here and nothing's been resolved we're in late july and this is kind of still an ongoing pandemic i'm not sure how much better it's going to be in the spring joey yeah so in my opinion i think you may as well try to play it in the fall obviously with the safety of the athletes being paramount in that discussion but I think you try to play it in the fall and try to get that TV revenue for the schools and the conferences and try to make do, try to keep people healthy. Um, it's easier said than done, but you know, in general, the, you know, student athletes are at lower risk than, you know, other age groups um, and other demographics. So I think we try to play and see what happens this fall because I'm not sure, number one, it's going to happen with fans in the spring, but number two, like Trevor Lawrence, Caleb Farley, I'm just thinking like big-time ACC players, mm -hmm. you know, Travis Etienne, obviously, um, yeah. being a senior. Like, are those guys playing in the spring right before the NFL draft? Hell no, they're not. So the product's uh -huh. going to suffer. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the product's going to suffer in the spring, and people will still watch it, but it won't be the same. And then we don't even take into account the fact that you're playing two seasons in a span of like, I don't know, five or six months. Yeah, that's a huge concern on my end. I don't know how yeah. you, you play even a reduced season and then turn around in just a couple of months or something and start camp all over again. I, I don't know that people are really going to go for that. No, no, I, I don't either. And that's something I didn't really consider when I laid that out in March. But this was also new to us, too. Um, so that was something that was a little bit short-sighted on my part, but yeah, I mean, I think we try to play it this fall without fans and to be honest with you, Joey, like, I think it'll be okay. Like, I, I really do think it'll be okay. Um, some people may disagree with that, but I just feel like you have, a, you know, a high population of, of student athletes who are at relatively low risk of contracting a deadly case of this thing. Um, and I, I understand that there's more to the equation with coaches and things like that, but I think you can ra ramp up testing 
and you can find a way to, to keep this thing safe. And I know that they're all working at it right now, all these conferences, but the NCAA should be ashamed of themselves, Joey. Like, mm-hmm. the NCAA comes out last week um, and says to the conferences, basically, yeah, good luck, best of luck to tell y'all. You know, we'll, we'll we sit idly backs. by. We, we got your back. We'll sit idly by and we support whatever decision you decide. And mm-hmm. the conferences didn't really connect with one, with one another in, you know, in regard to okay, how are we going to handle the season? Are you know, we going to cancel games here? Or are we going to play games there? Yep. And we'll get into that with with, con- with the certain conferences that have kind of made some decisions. But there's just hasn't really been uniformity with any of it. And that's what's been most disappointing. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'll, I'll go back to kind of what I had said previously being, you know, I, I really felt like it was going to happen even with reduced or, or even no crowds. Like, just given kind of what we've experienced in – in the last decade or more of kind of these these new viruses popping up and such, but also realizing kind of where we are in, you know, in history in terms of medical technology and development and research and all of that, like, you know, I, I felt like at the time I could see this going on, you know, for a couple of months, going maybe even into and through the summer to some degree, but, like, there would be some return to normalcy after a few months, and yet we've, not only have we not really gotten that, it's, it seems like it's almost starting to go backwards. Like it's 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 almost getting worse again at a time when everyone really thought it was going to be better. Um, right. So it's it's definitely a situation that we were not expecting to be in here in July when we said those things in in March or April. Um, I at this point I still expect that there's at least going to be an attempt to play college football this fall. Um, we'll talk here in just a second about what exactly that's going to look like as compared to. Uh, normal seasons, but I think that they are still going to make an attempt uh, to play in some form or fashion this fall. I don't know what exactly it might look like in terms of if something, if it's just really not working, you know, at this point, like, is the NCAA able to shut it down? Or is it up to each of the individual conferences still? Like, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, when does the NCAA figure into this equation? Yeah, exactly. Um lovely uh, governing body is the NCAA as well. So that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a story for a different podcast, but it's, it's, I don't know. I think that the stakes are high enough here in terms of, you know, you look at the schools already that are having to drop sports and uh, you know, the, the personnel there are taking pay cuts or they're, they're cutting positions outright. You know, there's, there's a lot of people's livelihoods on the line that comes down to, you know, putting a product on TV. And that sounds like super, you know, it, it removes the human element of asking these folks to go play and expose themselves to something that we don't really fully understand the long-term effects of yet. But also, welcome to the United States in 2020, where it, yeah. know, it's kind of all about Every- the Benjamins, Mike. Yeah, everything's made up and the points don't matter. Yeah, it's just dollar-dollar bills is all. So um, I think they're going to try and, and go forward with it. You know, your mileage may vary on whether that's a good decision or not, but I, I think we're going to we're going to try to go for it. So I think there will be football to preview. Um, all of that to say, we are still a football podcast, uh, I promise, and we do continue to plan on covering the ACC in all in whatever form it takes this this fall. Um, so please stay tuned if you want to start hearing some team previews coming up very soon. Very soon. I mean, we have no choice but mm-hmm. to kind of push forward um, until we hear otherwise. So Now, Mike, it, it is probably also worth mentioning that we 
we are doing ourselves a little bit of a service by kind of delaying these previews starting because it does allow us to get a little bit more information on what we are actually going to see. Now, Correct. What I mean by that is that we have already had announcements uh, from the Big Ten, for instance, that they are going to play a conference-only schedule this fall. And how does that affect the ACC, Joey? Uh, just on its surface, that removes, by my count, two games from the ACC schedule. Um, Virginia Tech and Penn State will no longer happen, and Boston College and Purdue will no longer happen. Um, I think that's all that we have in the way of Big Ten teams on the schedule for this season, but... More importantly, Mike, you know, we're, we're also having discussions of, you know, the ACC is, is waiting to announce a decision if they're going to go to a conference-only schedule. Um, you might have teams playing, you know, get rid of all the non-conference stuff. Um, now, does that mean that we're extending out to 10 conference games instead of 8? Uh, oh, and by the way, how does Notre Dame factor into all this? They've already got six yeah. ACC games on the schedule, and they're an ACC member in every other sport, you know, so... Do we freeze them out, Joey? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I've heard some mention that it would be a good time to uh, kind of strong arm them into fully joining the conference, and I don't disagree with that. Yeah, but yep. again, your mileage may vary. Um, <laughs> so the thing is, Mike, you know, if if we just look at, I think at this point we probably work on the assumption that the ACC is going to a conference only schedule. So basically, all of these non-conference games that were previously on the schedule for all these teams just throw them out yeah yeah i mean that that's the thing though like you throw these games out but then where do we go from here like how Mm -hmm. many games how many conference games are going to be played sure is there going to be uniformity across the conferences or is one conference just going to play eight conference games another plays 10 like how's that going to work well, in December, hey. you could also ask to what end. Like, is it really just right. about putting football games on TV, or then we're going to try to have bowl season and or a playoff, or you know, what, what what comes from the games that people do play? I'm glad you brought that up because I had a conversation with our buddy Mark Rogers on his YouTube channel last week. Joey, shout out Mark. Hey Mark. Um, hey Mark. Um, so we had a discussion about what happens with conference championships and bowl games and the college football playoff and joey we've talked every year that we've been doing this podcast about the college football playoff and how you know by nature it already excludes a power five team for Mm -hmm. better or worse depending on the year Mm -hmm. and i told mark i said hey mark this might be the year that the conversation from going from four teams to eight teams becomes a reality in a freaking pandemic year because what you're going to happen what you're going to see happen is the fact that you're really going to have, like, say they all go conference only, Joey. Every single conference goes conference only. Then you're really going to have to make a determination on what conference is the best, mm-hmm. right? Is it the SEC? Is it the ACC? Big 10? Big 12? Pac-12? Which one gets left out, Joey? Everybody and plays in a bubble, basically. Everybody plays in a bubble. So what happens if you have five undefeated conference champions? Then what do you do? What do you do? Then your dead's total eye test over conference, you know, conference competition. Yeah. You don't have the luxury of having those early season games or even in in some cases those late season non-conference rivalry games where you can make a determination as to kind of which teams are the best in college football. Mm-hmm. And um I, I think you can still make the determination, Joey, because I you know, I can look at a football team and I could tell you if they're one of the three or four best teams in the country by looking at them. But 
that's not good enough, right? Like we mm-hmm. need something objective and we're not going to necessarily have it this year if the entire country goes conference only. So I told Mark, like it might take a year like this to then go from four teams to eight. Like this might be like in a pandemic shortened football season. Like, could this be the year that kind of pushes everything over the top and kind of forces the NCAA's hand? Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a totally feasible scenario too, right? Like, right. Could you imagine Clemson going undefeated and winning the ACC? Like they have yes. for three straight years or whatever? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you sure yep. could. Uh, Alabama has done it a whole bunch recently. Um, what, Oklahoma has probably done that in the Big 12? They, they'll, they'll drop a game from time to time, but that's a totally plausible scenario. Ohio State in the Big 10 and Oregon in the Pac-12. You could easily – yeah, it's, it's very much on the table. Like the, the, yep. those, those programs have a, a history of separating themselves from everybody else in their conferences, and so – sure that's on the table like and, and right. so that that would really create some complications um yep. i you know i don't i don't know how much i don't know this is this is all just there's a lot to figure out here um one of the other things that's on the table mike and, and is i don't know if this is just speculation or if it's a proper rumor or what it is but um two of the other conferences that have not yet announced anything in the way of a you know just a conference only slate have been the SEC and the Big 12 and where that's relevant is particularly with the SEC where you've got annual games between Clemson and South Carolina Florida State and Florida Georgia Georgia Tech and Kentucky and Louisville um, they really want to keep those series going and it's probably also worth mentioning you've also got games this year between Virginia and Georgia and North Carolina and Auburn um, and I think I think that's all. Oh, and NC State, Mississippi State are due to play. Um, Gross. Not to mention, Florida State also has West Virginia on the calendar. Um, can we can't can we cancel the NC State Mississippi State game? For <laughs> the love of God, like please. Yeah, that, you know, it's football, Mike. You'll watch it. I yeah. promise. Um, I, I'll probably bet on it. Yeah, you'll probably bet on it too. Um, but basically, the idea that those three conferences might band together and kind of have common testing requirements and try to cobble together some sort of cross-conference play thing. I don't know. All I'm saying here, Mike, is that there is a lot that is still on the table, and there's a lot that we don't know yet. Um, so much has, has yet to be decided, and this could really go in a lot of different directions. Yeah, I, I'm just really curious to see kind of where these other conferences go. And, Joey, I think we'll have answers like pretty soon after this podcast is released, just because... I think these conferences are running out of time. Like, I think mm-hmm. there needs to be some sort of scheduling decisions made now. You're starting to get into camps and such where people are right. going to be ramping it up. And, and by the way, Mike, I'll just throw this in here, too. As, as if, if history tells us anything, as we record this on the evening of Monday, July the 20th, chances are very good that we'll hear something by, like, lunchtime on Tuesday, July 21st. That's just right. the way things go. They, they always get announced as soon as we get done recording. Podcast season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, it sounds like the SEC wants to try to play a full schedule uh, from what I was reading. Now, I don't know how feasible that is. And obviously, some of that is going to be kind of out of their hands um, if other conferences decide to go conference only. Um, now, now, I want to take a step back real quick because, first of all, like a week and a half ago when the Big Ten announced that they were going conference only, that was on the heels of Ohio State having to shut down voluntary workouts, North Carolina having to shut down voluntary workouts. I know North Carolina is an ACC school, but you get the point. It was happening other places. Yeah. Um, and, and the Big Ten makes their announcement. And I had I had a little bit of an issue with that, Joey. 
I thought it was a little early. Uh, and, and the reason why, like, I get you don't want to mess with people's health. You want everybody to be safe. I, I get all that. Um, and it's not an easy decision by any means. But the way I look at it, Joey, like, these schools had already, like, these student athletes had already returned to school for voluntary workouts. Um, a majority of the schools had not had major pressing issues in regards to COVID, at least what had been reported. Um, and, and in my opinion, like if these kids had never even reported, right. And they weren't there for voluntary workouts and you weren't even kind of taking that step to get them back on campus and you decided to cancel non-conference games, I would understand it a bit more. But the fact that you already had these schools, um, you know, holding voluntary workouts, students are returning, in large part, you know, you weren't having major issues with testing. Um, there were some schools here and there that had to shut it down. But even Ohio State, Joey, a week and a half ago, you know, they they canceled voluntary workouts indefinitely. And it wasn't just football. It was, you know, all the programs, all the sporting, um, you know, programs that were uh, back in school uh, holding voluntary workouts. They were really only canceled for like four days. I think they canceled on that Wednesday and they were back uh, practicing on the following Monday. And in between that time, the Big Ten already made their decision to shut down, uh, shut things down and not have any non-conference games, which it felt early to me. It, it really did. And I don't think any schools are gaining like a competitive advantage at this juncture. Um, so I had a problem just with the timing of all of it, really. Um, and, and I'm really interested to see now, like that these other conferences have waited a couple of weeks. How does their decision-making get swayed by what the Big Ten already did? And the Big Ten pulled the trigger a little bit too early. I mean, who's to say, and how does it impact the other conferences? That's what I want to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just from a, I mean, my personal feelings on it, again, I, I, I agree that it was a little bit early. And, and to some degree, I felt like it was posturing to some degree as much as anything. It's It's trying to be the first conference almost to, you know, maybe set an example or something, but yet we don't necessarily know if it's fully necessary yet, you know. Um, like, the decision in retrospect maybe isn't or won't be the wrong one, but I think it's just this idea of, like, let's be the first to do this is kind of what it seems like, given the fact that we've seen so little you know, so little follow-up action, you know, you, you saw the way that, like, all the conference basketball tournaments were getting canceled, and it was just, like, one after the other, right? Like, it, at the point that that was happening, like, it was, I think the Ivy League was maybe the first one, and then a bunch of other conferences pretty quickly followed suit. Like, you haven't seen the other major conferences fully follow suit yet, and that's probably relevant here to where it felt like the Big Ten was just trying to trying to get out in front of it, I guess, for, for right. better or worse. Um, yep. You know, you mentioned that there, there had been some, some positive tests at North Carolina. There was a, kind of a rolling set of cases that were developing seemingly at Clemson. Um, the ACC has kind of seen it on both ends. I know that Virginia reported there was, what, maybe two positive tests out of, like, the entire 110-person roster and coaching staff. Um, I'm pretty sure I saw something from Pittsburgh that there was, like, no positive tests. I think Georgia Tech had like one or two. Um, uh, Joey, Virginia Tech didn't release their numbers, but they moved to their second phase of uh, workouts, like ramping up their voluntary workouts this week. So yeah. they wouldn't have done that if they had like widespread positive tests. Uh, so just kind of reading the tea leaves there. Yep, yep. Nope, that makes total sense. So it's 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 been a little bit mixed, you know, depending on which angle you're kind of uh, viewing the ACC through, you know, which 
angle you're viewing through the lens of. I don't know. There's phrasing there. It's I'm rusty. Sorry. It's been like a, a month or more. So, um, yeah. I don't know, Mike. The the Notre Dame thing is particularly interesting to me as it relates to the ACC too. Um, because if you if we just for all intents and purposes consider Notre Dame a a member of the ACC as as far as scheduling and such goes this year, that leaves you with a 15 team conference. Yep. So how does the scheduling work out for a conference if you're going to do conference-only games with an odd number of teams? Right. And I'm, I'm guessing there's some algorithm out there that would help us to do that, you know, but um, it, at some point, you know, the numbers got to work out, and I don't know exactly what that ends up looking like. I don't either. And the other thing is like, okay, we're going to make Notre Dame like an honorary I mean they're already kind of like an honorary member of the ACC but for this year like they're an honorary member of the conference like you can't you can't make Notre Dame eligible for an ACC championship or anything like that I mean you literally can't do that mm-hmm. um, unless they join the conference so if you want to try a strong arm strong arm them but mm-hmm. you can't make them eligible for an ACC title I mean there's just a lot of stuff to consider um, I just I don't know how, excuse me, I don't know how that's going to work really at all. Um, You know, Notre Dame already plays a handful of ACC teams on their schedule anyway to begin with. So I'm just real curious how that's going to work out because now you're going to probably be adding ACC teams if non-conference games are canceled because nobody's going to be playing Notre Dame outside the ACC. Yeah, they currently have games scheduled at home against Clemson, Louisville, and Duke. And they have road games scheduled against Wake Forest and Charlotte. Uh, Georgia Tech and Mercedes-Benz Stadium and Pittsburgh. And I'm just guessing that that's going to be at Heinz Field, like where Pittsburgh plays all of their games. And it's also an NFL stadium for what it's worth. Right. Yeah. Um, so you've already Real got... exciting stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, that's the kind of analysis, hard-hitting analysis you get on this year podcast. Um, so again, you've already got those six games on the schedule. So do you keep those? Do you reshuffle the deck? You know, I don't, I don't know what that looks like. Um, again, we should be finding out here fairly soon um just generally generally from a a non-conference scheduling standpoint you know if i if i look at let's just again let's just throw out all the non-conference games including notre dame who does this kind of benefit versus who does it hurt um you know duke had scheduled middle tennessee elon and charlotte so that was probably three and one if you include the notre dame game in so that's all gone yeah, it's halfway to bowl eligibility. Yep. Um, Pitt had Miami of Ohio at Marshall and Richmond along with Notre Dame. So, again, that's hopefully probably 3-1. and one. Um, You know, Virginia had Georgia and then also had VMI, UConn, and Old Dominion, which that had better be 3-1. and one. Don't lose that game to Old Dominion even if it's on the road. It's happened before for another Virginia school. It's It's been done. Um Georgia Tech, on the other hand, had Gardner-Webb and then UCF, Notre Dame, and Georgia. So that was one and three. Uh, maybe, maybe find a way to beat UCF, and that's two and two. But, like, that's one and three that now is off the record. I, you know, you look at this, and it, it just kind of it impacts teams differently, is all I'm trying to get at, Mike. And, and it, it's going to totally change the calculus of maybe what we thought these teams would be versus – if they do play a full non-conference schedule. And again, what, what are bowl eligibility requirements and and are there bowls? Like all of this is is still on the table. Yeah. I I'm interested too, with like 
you know, you mentioned how it impacts the different ACC teams. Uh, North Carolina's got UCF and Auburn in the non-conference schedule. First so two weeks of the year. Yeah. So on one hand, oh, and they have James Madison, by the way, who's, you know, no slouch. Mm-hmm. So on one hand, it's like, man, we get to get a good glimpse of how good UNC is early in the year. On the other hand, UNC is like, hell yeah, we don't have to play Auburn. We don't have to play UCF. We don't have to play James Madison. Um, so, you know, it, it's hit or miss. I mean, I would have loved to have seen some of those games because I think UNC is going to be very good. But mm-hmm. I, I'm also curious to see how they stack up against a team like Auburn, how they stack up against JMU. Because as funny as that sounds, JMU is a powerhouse FCS school who could certainly hang with some teams. Um, don't know that they'd hang with North Carolina necessarily, but it would be an intriguing game on paper. I'm going to throw you a bit of a, a curveball here, Mike. Yep. How do you think Wake Forest feels about getting rid of at Old Dominion, App State, Villanova, and Notre Dame? Uh At at Old Dominion, Uh App State, Uh Villanova. Maybe 0-3. Could be. Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, look, I like Wake Forest. That's way more dangerous than it looks. You know I'm a you know I'm a Steam and Deeks fan. That mm-hmm. is not an easy that is not an easy non conference schedule. Because uh, Villanova is not that bad of a team either. Mm-hmm. Um, App State, like best of luck to you. Like they'll get after you. Mm-hmm. And at Old Dominion, Old Dominion's bad, but it's on the road. So and Wake Forest, I mean that's that's their first four games in a year where they're going through a fairly significant transition on some personnel and. You know, that what would normally look like, uh, oh, it's a FCS team and a couple of, you know, Sunbelt teams and, and what like that. That's probably three wins right there. You, you I, could lose any or all of those games. And that's not a knock on Wake Forest as much as just a they're sneaky good. Man, that's such a that's such a coin flip non-conference. Yeah, that's like uh, I mean, that is like a total. I could see that going a number of different ways. That's a minefield right there. It is. Um, but in Wake Forest defense, like they'd have as many people at the old Dominion game on the road as they would at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, let's talk about like uh, not even a covid environment, like going on the road is probably very similar to playing at home. If you're going on the road to old Dominion. With that mm-hmm. being said, like maybe maybe ODU's fans show up to that. Yeah. How upset do you think Syracuse fan? <laughs> by the way. How many times have I said that uh, Purdue and Penn State were the only two Big Ten teams out of conference? A few times. Yeah, I've just completely glazed over the fact that Syracuse Week 2 was scheduled to play at Rutgers. Um, oh. So they had how could Rutgers. You have, how could you have glazed over that, Joey? How That's... indeed. Um, Man, at, cover your eyes. At Rutgers, Colgate, at Western Michigan, and Liberty, mm. which looks a little bit like Free Yum. Square, Free Square – Mac team on the road, which could be dangerous, and another free square. Like, so that was probably at least three and one, even for you know a, a Syracuse team that we're not totally sure what they'll be. I mean, kind of would have been nice for them to start with three wins. But I was gonna say, how about getting your rebound year off to a hot start, Dino Babers? Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Maybe. Maybe. Well, definitely not with Rutgers, but we'll right, see. yeah. Because, uh, anyways, all right. You can replace Rutgers with some other. Crap ass school in Northeast. Yeah, you could do that. You could do that. Boston College, for example. E- ouch. I'm just uh, can't play them twice. <laughs> <laughs> play Holden Homes. Hey. That's that's on the table. I mean, that's on the, ta- on the, the home and home thing. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. 
I don't know, Mike. We'll find out. Um, I think that's all I got in terms of current uh, COVID scheduling updates, unless you had anything else. I I don't. Um, there's not really a, a ton going on right now, but... Yeah, teams kind of s- slowly working their way into uh, into camp, and we're a little bit of a sit-and-wait. You know, I, I don't think we're going to get past August 1st without knowing something, but... As of July twentieth, we uh, we don't have a fully final answer either. So, but Joey and I kind of have to proceed uh, as we always do. So we'll be we'll be here ramping up the season previews. I don't know the the most intriguing part about all this is we don't know what the schedule is going to be. Uh, we don't know if kids are going to opt out, which nobody's really talked about yet. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do know that a lot of schools, Joey, before we wrap up here, I do know that a lot of schools are doing the right thing and saying that scholarships will be offered if kids decide they don't want to play because they're worried about catching COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know a lot of student athletes who are electing not to play, but there, I mean, I'm sure there will be some. So, yep. I mean, that's another element. Wait until a star player sits out. Mm-hmm. That would be something. I mean, just consider what this would have been a, a few years ago, like, if cancer survivor James Connor had decided not to play football for Pitt when he came back, like that's right. a huge deal. He he was a star, and you would have never blamed him for a second for wanting to sit out amidst a pandemic that you know seems to hit people harder when they they've already got somewhat compromised immune systems. So yeah, I mean he was a top two running back. Him and Dalvin Cook. I mean it was a top two. <laughs> those were the top two running backs in the ACC. I mean yep. it's yeah. I mean consider that. I mean there are. There are some kids who have gone through some stuff in their life um, from a health standpoint that, you know, may not be willing to play. Yeah. So that's another thing. I mean, th- those are like few and far between as far as like totally immunocompromised. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're playing college football. I mean, you you got some level of, of of acumen as far as your health is concerned to kind of lace it up and get hit by guys going like a million miles per hour all the time. Mm-hmm. But um. I mean, there are cases of it, which is why I think there are going to be some kids who sit out. So how's that going? You know, what's that going to look like, especially if there is a star player that decides not to play? So there's mm-hmm. there's a lot that's going to go into these previews this year. There's going to be a lot that is said on the previews that might be obsolete, like less than 48 hours later. But we'll try to navigate as best we can. Yep. We're going to we're going to give it the old college try, as they call it, Mike. Yep, that's right. That's. Pun mildly intended. A uh, bit. Yeah. Yeah. Interested Anyways. to see what happens with pro football, too. That could be a mess. Oh, yeah. There's well, associations arguing with the owners. And it's... And, and that's kind of my I'll, – I'll say this. This is kind of my last thought on where college football is kind of different than what we've seen from the pro sports. Um, so, obviously, as we sit here and talk about it, we're a few days away from Major League Baseball starting back up full-time. Uh, the NFL seems like they're finalizing kind of what their season's going to look like, but they're going to go forward with it. Uh, the NBA and the NHL are about to finish up and wrap up their seasons. The MLS has been having their tournament here for, I don't know, 10 days or something going on. Like All the pro sports are doing it, and they're all kind of, for the most part, doing it so far in like a bubble model, of right. basically quarantine the whole league. That's, that's going to be pretty drastically different than college football, though, because yeah. you just can't. You physically can't do that in so many ways. Um, the fact that these kids are all on their individual campuses and I <laughs> they're mean, all students. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you can't dictate how you keep athletes separate from students and 
classes and living arrangements in so many ways and all this stuff. So it is a totally different situation. Just because some of these pro sports are able to go does not mean that there is a reasonably feasible, repeatable model that can be applied to college football so agree agree and like football and and football programs they can have their own teams and their own little bubbles and they can make accommodations from an academic standpoint because a lot of these a lot of these schools are going to be online anyway or doing like hybrid classes or whatever so you can have your student athletes in a bubble on your own campus but as far as having like 130 fbs teams just all in the same place it's just impossible for that to happen well and even to tell all 130 fbs teams you have to put all your athletes in a bubble like they're not going to do that a they're not going to and b even if they all wanted to i don't know if they all could like you don't know what capabilities they have i haven't studied the housing plans at syracuse or iowa state or you know arizona or whatever like it it could i i don't know how that would work necessarily and to expect everybody to figure that out is not not fair not realistic so yep Especially when the NCAA won't even make a decision, you know, for the rest of college football, college athletics, they're they're too afraid to pull the trigger on anything. So they're just going to sit idly by anyway. So yep, yep, it's been going great so far for them. Good right on them, uh, Mike. That's all I got COVID related. Um, other things that we need to hit on. Number one, um, Virginia got a transfer tight end. Which, by the way, um, who's transferring? in mid-july like isn't it kind of late for that it's 2020 it's... yeah there's no rules no rules uh tony polian pulled Jan, pull john i don't know pull uh, john tight end from central michigan has transferred over to virginia he's a grad transfer i expect he'll be able to play this fall um unless some other rules change that we don't know um by all means seems to have been a reasonably productive guy I'm not going to sit here and act like I have watched um, every minute of Central Michigan football over the last couple of years, but um, I do know about CFBStats.com, and he does seem like he was a reasonably productive tight end, had about 40 catches last year, did pretty good, so we'll take that. Um, and as a re- on a related note, Mike, we got a question from our friend Banana Slug Pab on Twitter who asks us, uh, where would Tony Polian pull John fall in our ACC tight end power rankings. Uh, I'll let you start. I said top three. I said uh, yeah. he's uh, a clear notch behind Brevin Jordan, and I don't think that's something to be ashamed of. No. <laughs> um, Brevin Jordan's one of the top tight ends in college football. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think he's like a clear step below that. I said top three. I put him in the um, – I'm high on James Mitchell being a Virginia Tech fan, Joey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think James Mitchell's pretty good. I put him in kind of that category. Yeah, why not? Uh, top three. No more uh, Jack Freudenthal at Wake Forest. He's gone. He's gone. He would be top three. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, other than that, not a lot of uh, big-time tight end talent really sticking out in my mind right now in the ACC. Which is weird because, like, a couple of years ago, it was like there were plenty of big-time tight ends, and it's uh, it's kind of been a changing of the guard here in the last year or two. Yeah, no, definitely has. Um, yeah, I mean, the tight ends in the ACC have always kind of been a position of strength, and now it's a quarterback conference. Uh, this is the deepest the quarterback position has been in the ACC in a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. Just kind of thinking of Cunningham at Louisville and Hendon Hooker with a – potential full season him and Cunningham for that matter and then obviously Howell and Trevor Lawrence and 
Kenny Pickett still hanging out there somewhere. De'Ara King. Like, yeah. God. Yeah. Quarterback talent in the league is on the upswing. Um, so that's, yeah. that's positive. Yep. Uh, Mike, what else? Is that all football related for now? I think so. Kind of Not a whole lot. We, um, I'm tossing around this idea in my head, and I, I'm presenting this to you here before I ever like texted you about it or Twitter messaged you about it. So, oh, okay. Let's just do it right. live here. Um, sure. I've been tossing around the idea before we get into individual team previews of doing maybe even just a really brief overall league preview where we give our like projected standings. And so then we go through all the team previews and then we come back at the end and we see how our projected standings have changed after we've heard from different representatives, you know, talking about different teams. I like that. I like that a lot. You like it? I do. It's a little more work, but hopefully that would be uh, kind of cool and, and good to see. It's not like we don't have time. Yeah, uh, it's 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 not like that at all. <laughs> I you know I, I tried to leave my house the other day and then I forgot that there's nowhere I can go. So it's right, <laughs> failed attempt, failed attempt. Oh man, yeah, you can have beer times. delivered now though. It's in 2020, so that's good. Absolutely, it only took you know shutting down the world for four months. Um, and maybe ruining college football season. Who's to say? <sighs> but at least yeah. I can get beer delivered to my house. It's good. What am I going to do without Pac-12 after dark? That's a real <laughs> question. Yeah. Or watching Hawaii at 2 a.m. on Facebook. Like, it, what am I going to do? It's just not. It's not the same. It's not the same. Oh, man. Shout out Scott, because I don't know what Scott and I are going to do without <laughs> betting on Hawaii at 2 a.m. on Facebook. How are you going to get back after... Uh... After the day's spoils are not really uh, turning out so well. I was going to say, so there there were some times last football season where Scott and I would be sitting there. We're like, oh, my God, we got wrecked today with our bets. But Hawaii <laughs> still plays at 2 a.m. Hawaii plus 11 on the mainland? Yeah. <laughs> Hawaii, Hawaii plus 11 against San Diego State? Sign me up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, body blow game coming to the mainland. <laughs> Goodness. Um yeah, over here evaluating Cole McDonald at twelve thirty <laughs> on a Saturday in mid September. That's that's a real problem. I uh, I should this is probably the right time to confess that I bet on an MLS game the other day. Oh God. <laughs> oh God. I bet the under. It it didn't work at all. It didn't work. Okay. Stick to, I was gonna say stick stick to sports. It stick turns to football. Out, it turns out goal totals in soccer have quarter goals, which I don't really understand that. So if you understand what a quarter goal in soccer is, like like, why can I bet under three and a quarter goals in the game? Like, somebody hit me up on that. I need to understand. Scott will be able to tell you. Yeah, all right. Well, let me know, Scott. DMs are open. Uh, Mike, that's all we have from a football standpoint. Uh, we did save the biggest news for last, though. Um, other than Virginia getting a tight end transfer, um, we have one other big piece of news that has happened since the last time that we recorded. Um, do you care to share with the people? I am engaged. Congratulations. I am engaged. Mazel tov, dilly dilly, all that. Congratulations, Mike. I'm proud of you. Happy I've, for you. I, I've become a man right before your eyes. <laughs> well, I, I was reflecting on it, and I realized, um, do you know the significance of uh, when we did our very first episode of this here podcast? I do. You were getting ready to go on your honeymoon. Well, the, the very, very first episode we ever recorded was, like, maybe a week after I got married. 
So I've been married the whole time. <laughs> and I, I fully, truthfully, I fully expected this to happen like years ago. But, but hey, there's, there's no problem in waiting. That, that's right. And we are at what, year five of this year podcast? I, I also, yeah, just realized that like an hour ago that we are about to embark on season number five, which my goodness, where does the time go? We're half. We're half a decade into this thing. Yeah, that's that's scary. Um, yeah, yeah. When we started this, I had no kid. I was freshly married, and I was in an apartment. You didn't um, have Charlie, uh, Charlie yet, or Calvin. Calvin. You definitely didn't have Charlie yet, Calvin yet. Yeah, I didn't have Calvin yet either. Um, that's that's been a life change. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot that's changed. I've changed jobs. Yeah. I think you changed jobs since we started. Uh, nope. I tried a few times. Okay. Yeah, but... yeah not for a lack of effort. But, not for a lack of effort, yeah. Um, not for not for lack of trying. Anyways, all all I'm saying is that you listeners, you're watching us all grow up right before your eyes, ears, um, and uh, so we're we're happy for Mike. Congratulations, we're we're proud of you. You have a, a date set in mind? Anything? Yeah, June twenty seventh of twenty twenty one. Exactly right. a year to the day uh, that we became engaged. There you go. Well, congratulations. I'll be there. Let me know when the bachelor party is. I'll be there, too. I promise. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> all right. Uh, Mike, that's all I have. Do you have any other life-changing announce- announcements you'd like to make? I think we're good. I think that's it. You're still married, right? I'm still married. That's um, good. <laughs> good. Yeah. Some days I can't believe it that she, she hasn't left me yet. But, yeah, I'm still married. I haven't Very told good. her about the MLS betting yet, but... You know, we'll, we'll, we'll update after she finds out about that. How about that? Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, no, I'm still married. Still got my job. Still got the dog and the kid and all that. It's It's been very, uh, very static here for uh, several months, we'll say. Is Charlie walking yet? He's not walking. So here's the thing. He, he could walk. He just doesn't believe he can. Okay. So he, he'll pull up on stuff and he can, like, even, like, free stand by himself but if you want to like try to get him to like come over to you he's just going to kind of sit slowly down on his butt and then start crawling it's like dude you could totally waddle over here like one of the kids in his class is a week younger than him has been walking for two months now like he could totally do it which oh by the way fun fact i found out um this other kid in his class his dad was on the nebraska football team that Georgia Tech beat to win the national title in January of 1991. Really? He was. That's, that is a true statement. And then I realized that a man that was in college in 1991 has a newborn. And I was, I was doing that math in my head. Yeah. And I was like, wait a second. That, so, is, that is dangerous. Let's, let's just say conservatively that if he was in college in 91 – Let's just say conservatively, he was like 20, 21 years old. It is 2020. Mm-hmm. I was I was born in 92. Mm-hmm. I am 28. Yeah. He made a couple of comments about, you know, oh, yeah, like you were probably only like four years old, so you don't remember that. I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know, my mom was like three months pregnant with me. I wasn't even born yet. So, yeah, about that. Um, You're born in what, 91? 91, yep, right? July 91. That is correct. Yeah, birthday um, coming up, I eh? I do. It's coming up on uh, Sunday. Sunday. So I'm going to play golf on Friday and do nice. all that. So. Very nice. I'll be a year older by the time we talk again, I'm sure. Um, but no, it was... Nope. Uh, it was. Um, I, I was just thinking of like, man, I'm, I'm almost 29, and I think it's 
fatiguing dealing with you know a, a newborn like this like man just try adding a couple decades onto that and go from there like oof yeah oh yeah but more power to him hey like whatever uh you know hopefully he's enjoying it getting a good good dad experience out of it i i mean he's damn near 50 we are totally running out of content on this podcast oh god (laughs) all right uh mike let's just get out of here while we're still ahead and uh he could be he could be your dad he yeah i mean he could be i mean he'd be he'd be a young dad but he could be he could be your dad that's it's a little bit of the goal is like, you know, get the kids out of the house and then still be able to like have money and travel and energy and yada yada. But, uh, right. you know, I guess he, you know, just did all that for 48 years or whatever before having a kid. So, you know, different strokes, different. Yeah. No doubt about it. Different strokes. <laughs> all right. Let's get out of here, Mike. Um, yep. We are going to leave, and we are going to come back sometime soon, promise. Um, this time, you know, we're not just going down to the gas station for cigarettes. Uh, we, we will come back here in, like, you know, a few days. We're going to get some more information on what the season's going to look like, and then we are going to dive into team previews. Um, so we're going to start having some guests on. Uh, we might do that format that we mentioned of kind of an initial conference preview and then a final conference preview. Um but in any case, please keep it tuned here. Um, we appreciate those listening. Um, until next time, you can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, the Overcast app, wherever fine podcasts are sold for free, and most importantly on the Anchor app. Uh, that's a really good place to find us. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at FTRSJoey. He is still at Mike McDaniel SI. last time I checked. Uh, and together we're at BC Podcast ACC. Uh, you can send us an email with questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. I was, I was a little bit wobbly there on the on the bicycle, but I think we've still got the wheels turning here. A little, little wobble. Yeah, a little, little bit of a wobble. Uh, Mike, do you want somewhere they can find us on the social medias? Facebook, facebook.com slash basketballconference rate review. Find all of our podcasts there, Joey. Please do. Please do. Appreciate those who have. Um, and, and please share us with your friends as, as you've got... Uh, new schoolmates and coworkers and such who might be fans of Wake Forest and Duke and Syracuse and you know take your pick of ACC programs. We talk about all of them, and we would love to uh, if you shared us with your new friends. Please do. Please, please, yeah, please do. Um, other than that, Mike, I think that's all I got. Anything else before we get out of here? I think we're good. Do you want to come back and start previewing the season? I do. We're going to will it into existence. Absolutely. Uh, and, and officially, our next... This is this right here, as you were listening, this is the conclusion of the official season four of the Basketball Conference podcast. Yeah, buddy. Coming back in our next episode, start season five. So, what's up? What's up? Mama, we made it. Yep. Uh, all right. Mike, we're going to get out of here, and we're going to come back, and uh, we'll talk then. Yep. All right. Well, for that guy, Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. And until then, go ACC.